fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. It's not okay. There's just way too much to talk about. We have so little time to do it today. There are so many bits of news breaking all at the same time that we'll try and cover the best that we possibly can today. Of course, the most important part of the entire news day today is the fact that new research shows that plastic and fast food causes health problems. I, I know <laughs> it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe right now. But it's true, the plastic and fast food and some bits of fast food that you eat causes health problems, according to the latest research from uh, researchers. Yeah, because those are the guys usually doing the research, I would guess. Now, why we're even spending money on that boggles my mind. Why we probably spent Joe Biden millions of dollars in grants to universities to study why plastic food harms you when you eat fast food that has bits of plastic in it and causes health issues. Why we spent money on that, now we know. Now we know where the Biden administration's going. When he talks about building back better, we know exactly what he means. We need to spend millions of dollars on studies to let us know about things that we already know about. Maybe you shouldn't eat plastic in your food. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know. Maybe people have a fascination with wanting to eat plastic. I get it. It's kind of good in fast food. But at the same time, I know that it could potentially cause some health risks for me as well. Welcome into the show. It's The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Lots to get to today. Broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station all over the country. Multiple stations, multiple TV stations, live streaming, podcasting. Your millennial general reporting for duty like we do every single day. Welcome into the program. Coming up, bottom of the hour, Phil Kirpin with American Commitment. We've had him on many times before. We'll get his thoughts on the double tax, the federal budget. Joe Biden came out trying to make his pitch for the grand $5 trillion spending package that he calls a federal budget. But if I don't know, I don't know if you listened to the speech earlier today, it was really nothing more than just a pitch for Green New Deal environmental initiatives it has nothing to do with the federal budget it's not about taking care of people it's not about actually getting people back on track it's not about getting the economy back on track it literally has two agendas and we've talked about it for a while but the fact that he openly just admitted it today we're all victims we can't function in society it's too difficult to go to work and take care of our family and we need to just redo everything for the green new deal that's what his speech was today, and that's why he tried to encourage individuals to pass the $5 trillion spending package. I'm telling you, any legislator, Republican or Democrat across the board that votes for this thing needs to be voted out immediately because they shall not support it. But the moderate Democrats that have been holding it up, Joe Manchin and one or two others that have been hesitant on voting on this, they're like, well, you know, things are starting to come together. It's starting to bit, uh, uh, the pieces come together bit by bit. We need to find ways to make this work. And I feel very confident about this moving forward. So, a.k.a. they're caving. Some Republicans, of course, there are a few. Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins, uh, Mitt Romney, of course, uh, Liz Cheney. A few of those, they've already given in. They think it's a great deal. They love socialism. They love the government overhaul. And they love the environmentalist movement. But Joe Biden came out today trying to encourage you to invest in yourself because apparently we don't do that any longer. For most of the 20th century, we led the world by a significant margin because we invested and our people, not only in our roads and our highways and our bridges, but in our people. 
and our families. We didn't just build an interstate highway system. We built a highway to the sky. We invested to win the space race, and we won. We're also among the first to provide access to free education for all Americans, beginning back in the late 1800s. That decision alone to invest in our children and their families was a major part of why we were able to lead the world for much of the 20th century. But somewhere along the way, we stopped investing in ourselves, investing in our people. I didn't realize we did that. Now, the government's budget is bigger than it's ever been in by like a large shot. I mean, again, we're talking $5 trillion after spending like $1.2 trillion in the last COVID-19 stimulus package, along with like two other COVID stimulus packages prior to that. We've spent more money than we ever have before. When did we stop investing in ourselves? That's question number one. Number two is... How much do we need to invest in ourselves? This goes into the argument of the equity that the government also loves to try and rebrand the racist talk now, as that it's all about not equality, but it's about equity. You have a certain value of equity that we're going to set to you, and we're going to pay you, therefore, as such, because it's really, really difficult, and we stopped investing in ourselves. Now, it's not true, obviously, because we have 60 to 65% of our entire federal budget. I mean entire federal. I'm not talking discretionary spending only. I'm talking mandatory and discretionary. 60 to 65% of the entire federal budget is nothing but social programs that is currently bankrupting our system that they want to actually increase in spending on with these packages on increased Medicare and Medicaid with expansion of those programs, expansion of Social Security, expansion of unemployment benefits, the the free college, the free uh, pre-K stuff, everything that they want to do. We're already spending on ourselves, and that spending on ourselves is bankrupting the nation, which is why we had a fun conversation yesterday on the program about spending and investing in ourselves at an individual level, because that way we can tell the government we don't need them, thanks but no thanks, and give them the middle finger and move on about our way, because that's the way life is supposed to be. The second big question is, if we don't invest in ourselves, like he says that we need to do at the federal level, where the hell is the money going? Because, again, if we're looking at raising taxes, we're going to talk with Phil Kirpin at the bottom of the hour about double taxes, the double tax rate. Anybody have a business? Show of hands. Anybody own their own private business that hires individuals that when you want to retire and you want that to you actually want to step away from your business, that you want to hand it down to your family, maybe your children, maybe your grandchildren, whoever's actually going to run that business when you're gone. They probably won't have a good opportunity to do so because of the new double tax. Death tax that will uh, tax that we'll talk about in just a little bit. Kind of interesting, is it? Yeah. So we're reinvesting in ourselves to take things away from ourselves because the government's going to do it for us because it's all about those social programs. We just need to make those bigger and better. He also talks about what his agenda exactly is and why he wants this so desperately over the next week. And we'll do it in ways that grow the domestic industries, create good-paying union jobs, address long-standing environmental injustices as well. Tax credit to help people do things like weatherize their homes so they lose less energy. Install solar panels and develop clean energy products. And help business produce more clean energy. And when paired with the bipartisan infrastructure bill, we'll truly transform this nation. Again, social programs and environmentalism, that is the agenda. That's why he's so desperate to pass this bill. It's not about keeping the economy going. It's not about getting the economy going again after COVID. It's not about working our way through COVID. It's not about getting people back to work. It's about getting them in the jobs that he wants. It's about environmentalist movement and the social programs. The agenda has been exposed. 
We're aware of it now. Now, most people already knew it because on the right side here, we have a little bit higher of an IQ to understand when we see these bills, what is, what's actually going on. But he's openly saying it now because he probably can't remember it. So he's got to tell himself to let the rest of his crowd know on the other side of the aisle. And I find that kind of hilarious. Here's a grander scale question for you. Let's go into the philosophy of this because, you know, that's where I like to go with these conversations. Economic growth rates lows at 2.2%, uh, by the way, too, is a sharp slowdown for consumer spending. We don't have any more money. We're very concerned about what's going to happen with tax increases that may be coming with this bill. No, So, duh, yeah, we're going to see a slowdown in the economy. People don't want to spend their money. That's like when Trump got into office and we saw a massive spending increase and in businesses expanding and hiring on new people. It's because we knew that tax cuts were actually coming, so we would have more money in our pocket. Now we're concerned about tax increases. We're not going to spend as much money. We're going to hold on to it and start tightening the belt that's going to kill off those retail stores that just opened back up after COVID-19. Let's look at this at more of a philosophical stance, shall we? What is the purpose of a tax? Can anybody answer that? The purpose. What is the purpose of of a tax. Why do we have a tax and what are we allowed to tax on? According to Section 8, Powers of the Congress, uh, Article 1, Section 8 of the U.S. Constitution, the Congress shall have the power to lay and collect taxes, duties, imposts, and excises to pay the debts and provide for the common defense and general welfare of the United States. But all duties, imposts, and excises shall be uniform throughout the entire, uh, the entire United States. To borrow money on the credit of the U.S., to regulate commerce with foreign nations among several states and with Indian tribes, to establish in rule of, uh, to a uniform rule of naturalization and uniform law of subject to bankruptcies throughout the U.S. to coin money. Okay, we get it. That very first one, to pay for debts and provide for the common defense and the general welfare. Now, of course, the other side of the aisle sees that general welfare clause and says, well, welfare system, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. Of course, we understand that's not the case because those programs were in existence at that time. So for them to think, yeah, just a welfare state, that's kind of the opposite of what we were doing when we came out of the Revolutionary War and tried to start our own nation. So anybody, and I'm telling you this in a very blanket type of term, anybody that believes that clause is, quote, we can just raise taxes for the general welfare means an actual welfare state is completely 100% oblivious and ignorant to common sense and reality. Because that's not the case in any way, shape, or form. Now to pay for the debts. We're supposed to have taxes and be able to impose taxes to pay off debt. Now, that debt is only supposed to be government spending based on the constitutional duties of the government on what they're actually allotted to do. And social programs ain't one of them. Just giving you a hint, hint, wink, wink on that one. We're not supposed to increase our spending, find new debts, and then find taxes in order to cover it. We're supposed to spend on exactly what we're supposed to do, limitedly, by the way, and then find enough taxes just to cover that. But we don't even do that anymore. Now we live outside of our means. We live outside of a federal budget. We do our quantitative easing or really, really smart, educated dummies out of college come out and say, well, if we live in debt appropriately, we can print money and have it so that way we can properly do this. Okay. Just because you think you're really smart and come out of college with a bunch of degrees and come up with this wild thing called quantitative easing, I don't think you quite understand how common sense works as well. So we have a lot of work to do at our level, don't we? Most people know this, and I don't mean to regurgitate myself, but it's frustrating because Joe Biden is desperate to ram this through because just, what, today or tomorrow he's supposed to fly out to Scotland 
and supposed to be working on some environmental plan. And he wants this bill passed by golly so he can say, look at what we're doing on the world scale. Look at what we're doing in the U.S. for our environmental purpose. It's not about the budget. It's not about the taxes. It's not about trying to get the economy going. It's not about recovering from COVID. It is strictly about trying to force people into labored jobs with unions and being able to Green New Deal everything in this nation. While he openly said on the campaign trail and early on in his administration that he doesn't want the Green New Deal. That's how we open up the show today. Boy, there's a lot to get to, isn't there? Uh, Joe Biden did uh, I find, I pulled some clips like the investment part that was actually serious. Other parts were just comical of what he was talking about. We'll build out the first ever national network of 500,000 electric vehicle charging stations all across the country. So when you buy an electric vehicle and you get credit for buying it, you buy an electric vehicle, <laughs> you can go all the way across America on a single tank of gas, figuratively speaking. It's not gas. You plug it in. <laughs> uh yeah, those electric vehicles, 500,000 of them, hoping everyone's going to buy it. We're going to give you a credit in order to buy it, meaning we're going to give you some type of government tax credit in order to be allowed to do so. You know, we could just buy it straight up if we had the money to do so, right? Again, hint, hint, wink, wink, if you just give us our own damn tax money back and let us keep the money in our own pocket, we could decide what we're going to spend it on. But no, you're going to get a tax credit to get it. Then you're not going to put gas in it. You're going to plug it in. I can hear it through the radio already. People that are listening right now, they're saying, well, where, where does that electricity come from? Oh, yeah, it comes from fuel. Oh, yeah, it comes from coal. Oh, yeah, it comes from alternative uh, energies that they say is really dirty and really bad. That's where the electricity comes from. So while it sounds nice, you don't put gas in the gas tank. You just plug it in. Most people are whispering that in their cars right now saying, does this dummy even know where electricity comes from? Apparently not. But he can't remember his name anyway, so give the guy some credit, can you? Come on, guys. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Miss Part 
part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. So I love these days when I feel a little scattered right now because there's so many different headlines popping up and I don't know which one to cover, but I think this budget thing with Biden is really one of the most important things we need to be focused on because if this passes, it is socialism to the nth degree in this nation and we will never get back what we had before. Even right now, that's already like teetering. We'll never get back to this point again. And I think it's a little important from an idiot, sorry to say, but a pure, blatant, ignorant fool running this country trying to say absurd things like this is the most, uh, right here, this is a prime example of the most important thing he thinks is going on in the world right now. That means putting people to work in good paying jobs at prevailing wage capping hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands of abandoned wells and gas wells, oil and gas wells, that need to be capped because they are leaking things that hurt the air. Putting a stop to the methane leaks and in the pipelines, protecting the health of our communities. It's a big deal. What is he talking about? Like, I'm really confused. Have you, anybody... Anybody out there, if you have so, send me a message on the social media at Who's Your Reason or email me, Who's Your Media Network at gmail.com. Anybody, please send me a story that has been a headline breaking story of a community has been completely devastated with their atmosphere because of a leak out of an uncapped oil pipeline or out of some type of drilling hole or someplace. We need to cap all of these things. We, we're going to create massive amounts of jobs by capping all these old oil drilling sites because they're leaking the gases coming from the earth the methane being leaked out that it destroyed entire communities right now and that is the biggest issue out there and that will save the economy when we do something that's the level that we're at right now in this country and that's what bothers me a heck of a lot because that's a apparently that's the big issue but you and i know it's not again so while he's trying to say we're doing something that something consists of a $5 trillion package between the infrastructure and the Green New Deal and the budget, all wrapped into one that we don't know what's actually into it. The moderate Democrats are beginning to get squeezed, and they're starting to say, well, we've really worked really hard, and we've lowered it down by like a, a, you know $500,000, so we must be doing something really, really good. And the Republicans, some of them are helpless, unfortunately, and others think that it's actually going to be a good deal to pass this because it's bipartisan as we go into a midterm election next year that I think are going to completely devastate those guys. There are bigger fish to fry, Joe Biden, if that's what you're worried about us capping off these old oil drilling sites because you're worried about the leaks there. What about people still struggling? The very first clip when he talked about trying to invest in ourselves, you know, we wouldn't need to actually have assistance for child care if we actually had inflation low enough to where we could afford everything and work our regular job. Not raising minimum wage, but actually getting rid of inflation, getting rid of government spending, getting rid of your stupid, intelligent, ridiculous, absurd idea of quantitative easing, lower inflation, lower the debts, pay things off, lower 
the price of goods to where people can actually pay for their child care while not having to worry about social programs. Maybe we could work on getting people back into the workforce with a labor shortage to get the economy going again, to get more supply into the private market for the demand and lower the prices on those so we wouldn't need any type of food stamps or Medicare or Medicaid or Social Security supplements to actually take care of what we're trying to do on a regular basis. We could survive on our own without your quote-unquote investments at the federal level if you would just allow us to do that. But that's the never-ending tug-of-war, isn't it? The conservatives over here saying, let us do it ourselves. The other side saying, you're too stupid and ignorant. We're going to do it for you. And the battle continues because we're all victims in his mind. You need child care assistance. You need free college. You need student loan forgiveness. You need Social Security. You need Medicare and Medicaid and SNAP programs and everything else from the government because the world is too hard and tough for you. But who created that tough, hard world for us? It would be the same ones trying to offer us the solution and giving us those social programs to actually work from. At the same time, I don't know where we're going to get this money. We can talk about this a little bit when we come back to United States is in talks right now, according to the Wall Street Journal, to pay the families that were separated at the border, that's still being separated at the border. They're looking at paying them $450,000 per person that was affected by, quote, the Trump's administration's zero tolerance policy in 2018. Think about that one for a second. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. That means putting people to work in good-paying jobs at prevailing wage, capping hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands of abandoned wells and gas wells, oil and gas wells, that need to be capped because they are leaking things that hurt the air. Putting a stop to the methane leaks and in the pipelines, protecting the health of our communities. It's a big deal. (laughs) That's apparently the big deal. Uh, Capping the wells, capping the old drilling wells, the gas wells, the oil wells. That's the biggest deal. Don't worry about the economy. Don't worry about social programs. Don't worry about the socialist takeover. Don't worry about additional taxes. That is the concern is capping the wells. And when we do that, we'll put people back to work. We'll clean up the environment. Everything will be great. Halfway through the program already. We have so much to talk about today and so little time to do it. I'm excited, though, as we talk about the latest in what's trending. 
What's trending today? And as we continue our conversation with this current bill, this mad, absurd socialist takeover of this $5 trillion package, the tax increases that are included in it and more, uh, back on the program with us, it's always good to talk to this guy. He's the president of American Commitment. You can find him at AmericanCommitment.org. Mr. Phil Kirpin with, with us again here. Phil, how are you, my friend? I'm all right, Andy. How are you? I am doing great. Is that our big concern? Do we need to cap off the wells and then buy the, the economy will be back, people will be back to work, the environment will be clean? That is the major issue of the day right there. He's going to save the whole world. He's going to <laughs> Glasgow to uh, cut a great global warming deal, which, by the way, uh, Russia, China, and India are all skipping it. So whatever they agree to is going to be extremely effective globally. Yeah, it's going to be extremely effective globally. He, that's is that why he's trying to push this so quickly? I mean, he leaves tomorrow for this, uh, this deal I mean, in Scotland. Why are we? I think it's embarrassing that America is going to a to a climate talk yeah. where the three biggest countries other than us are all skipping it. Isn't that like a joke? What what, what is that? Oh, well, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, this speech today was supposed to try and unite legislators to vote for this $5 trillion boondoggle when it ended up turning out to being we're all victims and we need social programs and environmentalism and environmental Green New Deal stuff is the largest, most important thing that we could focus on. That's not a very uniting speech from Joe Biden. No, I mean, I think he's... Uh... He's just desperate to get something through and claim credit for something, and uh, they don't have a great strategy, and they're trying to sort of use appeal to party loyalty, and maybe at the end of the day that gets it done uh, for at least, you know, one of these two monstrous bills, if not both, but, uh, you know, none of it really deals with the problems that Americans are facing, and in fact, you know, every single poll I see, the number one economic problem that people are feeling is rising prices right now, and every single thing this administration wants to do makes that worse, not better. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, it, it's really astonishing. Let's talk about some of the taxes on this. First off, we've been concerned big time about the IRS issue part of this to where, uh, and I saw a comment on this on the, on the live stream about the IRS, of course, coming after any transaction. Now, I was in banking before. I used to remember filling out the, we called it the currency transaction report at my bank, the CTR, anything above $10,000 or a penny in cash transactions, either a withdrawal from an account or into an account. Then we filled out the CTR to send to the government to make sure and it was for money laundering purposes. I can kind of sort of understand the regulation on there, although it was a pain in the butt and we didn't do it half the time. But uh, I can kind of sort of see it. Now we're looking at doing the transactions and monitoring transactions sent to the IRS of any transactions, a direct deposit, a pay from Venmo or Cash App or or the other one, whatever they are, the digital currencies, to actual cash transactions, to paying your mortgage, to your car insurance, anything over $600. We're now going to have the IRS looking at that because they want to make sure, while they say they're trying to raise taxes on the rich and elite, they want to make sure that no one's trying to skip out on paying any taxes this takes things in government control on your finances to an entirely new level, doesn't it? You know, this was the one thing they put in there that sparked enough public interest uh, and anger and backlash that it looks like it's out and it's going to stay out. And so, you know, I think that the message here is that, you know, some things are so ridiculous and so offensive and so outrageous uh, that when sort of the, the alarm goes up, even the, some of the crazy left-wing Democrats that are writing these things have no choice uh, but to respond. And, you know, there were 20-some Democrats in the House that said they wanted it out, and Joe Manchin wanted it out. And I think Tim Scott, the Republican senator from South Carolina, actually introduced a bill to prohibit this provision and got, like, all 50 Republicans signed on to it yeah. you know, within a day, which never happens. And, yeah. and so that provision is out. But, you know, I don't think people should celebrate too much on that provision being out, because what's in 
is a literal doubling in the size of the IRS. Uh, they put, you know, 40 or $50 billion of additional budget into the IRS, something like that. The president claims that if you double the headcount at the IRS, if you double the number of employees at the IRS, this will produce a $400 billion increase in revenue, this massive gusher of federal revenue, because they seem to think everybody's cheating on their taxes. And, uh, you know, if you make the IRS much bigger, they they will uh, produce this massive explosion in federal revenue. Now, I, I don't think that they're even going to get their money back of the $45 billion or whatever the exact figure is that they're putting in. Uh, because uh, let me let me tell you a secret, Andy, the, the very rich people and the companies that have most of the money, they have better tax lawyers than the IRS. Even if you hire twice as many tax lawyers at the IRS, they'll still have better tax lawyers than the IRS. And everything that they do on their taxes, they're prepared to defend. And they will be successful almost all the time in defending them. So where are they really going to end up doing if you double the size of the IRS? They're going to harass and shake down and audit every mom and pop. And, you know, they're going to send out, we think you owe, you know, 2,000 more in taxes from this year or that year or what have you. And, you know, most small concerns, rather than going through an audit and disputing it, they're going to look at what the IRS is asking for, they're going to look at what it would cost them to fight it, and they're just going to pay it. And it's just going to end up being this nuisance tax on small businesses and regular people all over the country. Yeah, Uh, yeah, they're going after the middle class that they say they don't want to do. Eventually, I see with the way they want to expand the IRS, eventually we're going to have our own personal IRS agent handling my personal (laughs) accounts every year. I mean, that's where we're going, isn't it? I mean, maybe eventually. I mean, this idea that what the American people really want is a doubling in the size of the IRS, I just, I'm shocked that that's in here. But, you know, in some ways, maybe the $600 thing was so outrageous and so offensive that it sort of drew attention away uh, from the doubling of the size of the agency by, uh, you know, by headcount. And uh, that that's still in at the moment. Yeah, that's concerning. Let's talk about some of the taxes that are actually in the bill right now and other ones that they're projecting as well. They're looking at this, quote unquote, billionaires tax that they want to go after the, the richest of the rich because they're evil and horrible and we should be hating on them because they don't pay any taxes, which is completely absurd. But the one that's really troubling is not only a death tax that we shouldn't have at all in the first place, but now the doubling of the death tax. I mean, I live in Wichita, Kansas, in my flagship. I have a lot of rural community around me, a lot of farmers, a lot of agriculture community, where they try to hand down the farmland to the uh, to, to the next generation when that time comes. If we have a doubling of the death tax, do we see any hand-me-downs of whether it's a farm, whether it's a retail store, whether it's a restaurant, any small business, if you try to hand it down to your next generation, is it actually going to get to them? Well, I've got some good news on this. The um, you know the president originally wanted to have this forty percent capital gains tax at death on top of the forty percent estate tax, sort of a doubling of the death tax. That is not in the new version. Good. So that has been removed. We've got the White House to pull that out. The House old version had a halving of the exemption amount, so they cut the exemption amount for the estate tax from twelve million to six million. That is not in the new version either. And so uh, we've got some very good news uh, generally on death taxes in this new version versus the previous one. Don't celebrate, though. Bad things can always come back until this thing is finished. Uh, so we got to you know keep keep some heat on that, but uh, pretty good news today on that front. Except I will mention that the uh, the so-called billionaire tax, which uh, kicks in at ten million dollars in income, which is not a billion by the way, and uh, it's going to hit a lot of you know sort of larger, more successful family businesses on it. You know, just as a general, having a higher income tax rate. Well, if you read the provision the way they wrote it, it starts at ten million dollars uh, for someone who's alive, but for an estate. That extra surtax uh, starts at only two hundred thousand dollars, and so if you are foolish enough to die, 
and your estate still has income, as they typically do for some number of years until everything goes through probate and is closed out and everything like that, uh, that income of the estate is now going to be subject to the billionaire tax, uh, not starting at a billion or starting at even the $10 million for people who are alive, but starting at $200,000. So I noticed that today. I'm not sure anyone's written about that feature yet, but that jumped out at me. Unbelievable. Well, I mean, at least that part of it's out kind of like you mentioned with the death tax, but they find new creative ways to try and tax you to try and nickel and dime everybody just because they possibly can. I saw a headline today from CNBC.com. Economic growth rate slows to 2% on that slowdown based on consumer spending. I seem to remember going into the Trump administration when he got elected back in 2016 before he was even swore in at like that November, December after the election, the economy already started to boom. People started to spend more money. People were expanding their businesses, hiring on new people because we knew tax cuts and deregulation was coming. We're seeing this slowdown. They're saying it's because of COVID. Uh, Phil, I really think it's because people see these tax hikes and regulations coming in and we're going to start clinging to our cash, ready to uh, trying to take on whatever comes our way. Well, it's a tricky situation, right, because because people do want to conserve cash, but at the same time, your cash is losing value day yeah. by day as the price of everything rises. And so it's a terrible situation for people to be in. And the, the term for it when the economy is contracting while prices are rising is stagflation. Uh, we went through it in the 70s. It was uh, very, very painful. And unfortunately, uh, it looks like we're headed back in that direction. You're absolutely right. The expectation of all of this, of another huge explosion in federal taxation and spending um, is one of the reasons that there's a lot of hesitation to engage in economic activity. And, and we've seen the big slowdown that we, you know, the new GDP numbers show. It's unfortunate. Can we get, and we got about uh, 30 seconds before we're going to let you go here, but can we get back on track here? Or is it going to be a long haul until the midterms next year? We'll see. I think Virginia is going to be very interesting next week, and if the Republican does pull off that upset, uh, that could really rattle enough Democrats to maybe they uh, mothball this thing instead of forcing it through. On the other hand, I thought they'd do that when Scott Brown won with Obamacare, and they, they didn't. They muscled it through anyway and just you know took the wipeout in the election. So it's always hard to predict uh, whether they'll go with politics or policy. Uh, but you know, I, I, barring something like that where they just have like a wake-up call and scuttle this whole thing. I think some version of it, unfortunately, is going to pass. Yeah, we're going to take a hit in one way or shape or another. Phil Kirpin, American Commitment. Find him AmericanCommitment.org. Phil, it's always great to talk to you, my friend. We'll do it again soon. All right, have a good one. Always a pleasure right there. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll break some of that down, get into some of the other news of the day as well. There's a lot to get to here, so we'll at least give you some headline rapid fires when we come back here on The Voice of Reason. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? 
because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right you are. Welcome back into the program. Thanks again to Phil Kirpin coming on the program, American Commitment. Great conversation. He really brings up a great point at the end. What are we going to see at the end of the year? Because remember, we are going into midterm elections. Now, this means, I think, more to one political side than it does to the other political side. And this is where I like to really get all geeky and technical on the political terms because this could be very interesting. I've never, I got to admit, there's one side that I think is going to happen, but another side where I hope is going to happen. (laughs) Yes, they are two different options at the end of the day, because there could be on the, the Democrats obviously have a one vote majority in the Senate has about a 15 to 20 vote majority in the House of Representatives right now in the presidency, which means they could go one of two ways. They are concerned about losing their majority in the midterm elections next year and try to play it safe, back down the budget a little bit, cut some things out, trim it out a little bit. Which is why the moderate Democrats right now have tried to at least shift the gears a little bit that way. Joe Manchin and a couple other gals that are just a little concerned about the over-excessive spending. That is one way for it to go because you got to remember Joe Manchin, for example, is in a state where it's a deep red state that Donald Trump won both times. So trying to go left-wing, crazy, radical progressive that's not going to fare well for him so he's got to try and make it as moderate as possible so that way at least a couple republicans come on board it looks like a bipartisan manner we all sang kumbaya held hands and hugged a tree while we did that thinking that that was going to be the great way forward when we know it's not it's a farce and we know that because it's a very progressive agenda it's a very progressive socialist takeover we don't want the tax increases we don't want the additional spending increases we don't want that garbage so we're going to fight it either way but there are some that actually think oh they work together they finally did something productive so they can back it down or and this is the more likely one because i know the trend of the democrats is that they're going to ram it through whether they win or not next year to them it is limited they know that their time as a majority is limited because either they're going to lose or they just know the pendulum swings back and forth so regardless if you can implement the agenda then now you have a new starting platform that's well ahead of what you were before You've taken three or four steps forward, so that time when you fight the next fight, you're already a few steps ahead. You already have the expanded program. You already have the additional tax because once it gets in there, does it ever go away? No, it doesn't. So you have already something ahead. So, And i got to give them credit for this because Republicans are really bad at this. 
They're really bad. They always look ahead and they're a little scared of what could come. Well, what if we don't win the next election? What if we don't maintain the majority? What if we don't? What if this is too radical? What if people don't like this? What if we just lose our seats? Or what if we just lose the majority? Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? That goes through the Republican minds all the time because the Republicans don't really stand necessarily on the principles that they preach half the time. A lot of them do. Don't get me wrong. I'm a Republican, but I'm conservative first. Most of them, a lot of them are that way as well. But there are a lot of them that are very scared about what's the what's this going to do for the election. We need to be very scared about what the constituents might think about this. I don't know. Maybe we should back off. And they end up talking themselves out of a deal instead of just ramming it through. Democrats don't do that. They find an agenda, they pinpoint exactly what they want, and whether it's controversial or not, whether it's a popular or not, whether it's good for the country or not, they don't care. They ram it through as hard as possible, get it done as quick as possible, and if they lose the next election, they just blame it on Republicans and they rip on Republicans for another year or two until the next election and they win their seats back. They don't care. Because, again, now, once they do get that majority again, whether it's the next election or whether it's 10 years down the road, they already have a better starting place because they never went away. Donald Trump and the Republicans had the majority in Congress and the presidency for at least two years. And what did we repeal? The only thing we got rid of was the individual mandate in Obamacare. We cut some taxes. We didn't cut a second round of taxes. We didn't decrease the size of the government. We didn't downsize the IRS. We didn't shut down different agencies. We didn't get rid of Obamacare. We just got rid of a tiny sliver of Obamacare. Because we had Republicans that were scared, that were spineless, and that fought against us when we had the majority and the opportunity to do so. And shame on them for actually doing that. Now we're in the position that we're in today. I didn't get to a lot of this I wanted to today, and we just got about a minute or so left here before we wrap up. But Andrew Cuomo, headline on that one, he is being charged with a misdemeanor sex crime for the stuff that made him step down from being governor of the state of New York. That's at least good news. Doesn't mean anything. He's not going to go to jail. Probably have some, like, you know, ankle bracelet on in his mansion for a while. But at least he's getting charged with something. But the big one we'll talk about tomorrow on the program a little bit because we do have a Halloween fun episode tomorrow to wrap up the week. Going into the holiday, U.S. talking about paying hundreds of millions of dollars to families that were separated at the southern border. Evil Trump tore families apart. Now, we're still doing it. We just don't talk about it now. But Evil Trump tore families apart. We're looking at paying each individual person that was separated by Trump's administration $450,000 per person. Think about that one over the day. We'll talk about that tomorrow on the radio. Until then, I think we got to all the headlines. I don't know. There's still more. We'll do that tomorrow, I guess. Until then, be your own voice of reason. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio tomorrow. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. 
Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.